ladies and gentlemen. This next reviewer discussion is scheduled for one podcast. Join Chris Vint and Mike Lacey as they make up the dynamic team of WrestleShock. Hello and welcome to another fun-packed edition of WrestleShock. Uh, obviously, this was homework that we set you, and by we, I mean myself, Chris Vint, and my tag team partner, Mike Lacey. Hello, Mike. Hey, Chris. What's going on? I'm looking forward to this, as I always do with uh, recording the podcast with yourself, sir. So I am wonderful. How are things with you? Awesome. Good day today. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So on our last one, which would have been our last one, would have been the top five matches. Was not that correct? Yes. Yes. So on that one there, we set you homework of having your top five tag teams, which again, a lot of people sent us in um, their lists, whether they be quirky lists or... Um, their own version of lists let's just say isn't right Mr. Williams uh, we'll <laughs> more on that later um, but yeah just thank you to everyone who sent in um, their their lists to us we will have more homework for you towards the end of the show um, obviously with SummerSlam fast approach, approaching um, Mike myself and Alan uh, will be doing a podcast on that so it'll probably be like our favourite SummerSlam uh, memories you know um is there something we would have done differently? Probably look at the SummerSlam card for that that time. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. So before we kick things off, we had a lovely email from our good friend Ryan Porter. So I'm just going to read this out. So he says, Gentlemen, what an absolutely phenomenal podcast. Chris, this is already one of my favourite podcasts of yours. And you two are becoming a better team with each episode. Well done. And I feel good too knowing that I had the same top pick as Haley. That's right. Haley Stewart and Ryan Porter both had the same pick um, Ultimate Warrior versus Macho Man, Macho King, Randy Savage um, from WrestleMania 7. Uh, I feel that adds a fair amount of credibility to my list, and especially <laughs> my top choice. Sting per Sting. I love the guy, but I really don't think he has, in inverted commas, that match. Maybe an old AWA match, but that's outside of the realm of my knowledge. I can think of plenty of great storylines that involve the Stinger, but I can't think of a top match. I was just talking the other day about how some comic characters don't have that com- character defining, easy to recommend story. I guess Sting is the wrestling equivalent. Keep up the phenomenal work, Ryan. So, uh, what did you think of that email, um, Ryan? Mike? Uh, the check's in the mail, Ryan. Yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> going to send you a Czechoslovakian um, woman for you, so there you go. <laughs> um, we're not sure on shipping charges or anything, but the check is in the mail. So yeah, um, so yeah, that's uh, really really appreciative. Um, a lot of people, you know, will be reading here, and a lot of people are commenting on the podcast itself. So it's it's down to, you know, it's down to Mike and myself, you know, that are you know more. It's kind of a case of you need people to gel with, and I think Mike and I gel well together. Would that be a fair comment, sir? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can't get rid of this bugger. <laughs> you know, it just keeps appearing, and you know whether it be Master Universe Chronicles or Operation Retroshock um, or this here. But uh, I'm like a fungus. Nice. I'm growing on you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so um, I'll kick things off then um, with our first one, which is from Kurt Carty. Um, I've really been enjoying the WrestleShock podcast and look forward to more reviews and lists you do. My favourite tag teams have always been the teams with a great deal of technical ability. That's the main thing that will draw me to a team. Being entertaining in their promos was important too, but it was secondary to the in-room work. It was never, I was never too, I was never much for the powerhouse teams such as the Road Warriors or Demolition. So, as always, we'll go from number five to number one. Number five, Harlem Heat. Living in Canada, I didn't really get to watch WCW slash NWA until the 90s, and when I did get to watch WCW, Booker T and Stevie Ray quickly become two of my favorite guys to watch. Number four, um. World's greatest tag team, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas, just really lived up to the name. Number three, Edge and Christian, the best tag team of the Attitude Era, by far, sorry, best was in capital letters, I wasn't just having a bit of a shutting fit. Uh, number two, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, other known, otherwise known as the Brain Busters, or, yeah, Brain Busters, I was so glad when Arn and Tully went over the WWF back in the late 80s, mainly because living in Canada we didn't really get to watch the NWA back then, at least not on any cable channel in the area I lived. Brain Busters were just a great no-nonsense team with a great work rate. So, number one is the Hart Foundation. Bret Hart and Jim Nyhart were and are my favourite tag team. I was a fan of them because of their combination of technical prowess and attitudes. Uh, they had some of the best promo work thanks to Anvil's uh, manic delivery. Uh, well, that's true, and Beard struck in as well. And Jimmy Hart as well. <laughs> uh, and they backed up all of their smack talk in the ring. They pulled great matches out of anybody they faced, whether it be the Bulldogs in Saturday Night's Main Event or some jobber... jobber duo on superstars one of my big toy collecting regrets was i never got their lgn toys when i was a kid oh but thanks for that uh kurt so mike uh, i'll let you go on with the next two mike uh the next list we had it was come from jamie mccrory and uh he comes out with number five the hardy boys Number four, the Rock and Sock Connection. Chris's favorite McFoley uh, making an appearance here. Yeah, yay! <laughs> Early in the list, thanks. <laughs> Number three is the Midnight Rockers. Number two, the New Age Outlaws, and number one, the Brothers of Destruction. Uh, we did ask some people if they had a favorite tag team match to put it in. So his was Hardy Boys versus the Dudleys from Royal Rumble 2000. He thinks. <laughs> so uh, read the next one then Mike uh, the next one comes from our cohort uh, partner in crime Mr. Alan Price uh, <laughs> here, here we go <laughs> number five <laughs> number five is the Bushwhackers number four Billy and Chuck number three Lay Cool number two Too Cool and number one Gold Dust and Booker T so what do you, what do you think of that list where's the real list the real list is number five, <laughs> the New Age Outlaws, number four, Los Guerreros, number three, Money Inc., number two, Edge and Christian, and number one, Road Warriors, Legion of Doom. I prefer this other list, to be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, any of them strike you from both Alan's and Jamie's list? Uh, I love the Rock and Sock connection. Uh... <laughs> <sighs> yeah. It, if you're going to be part of this podcast, we can't talk about each other's wrestlers that we don't like. What wrestler don't you like? I'm uh, Big Show and Kane are probably my two oh, ones right. that really just get annoyed. They just annoy me the most. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> right, well, now if, now if I kept talking about it, oh, I just really like those two. I thought, you know, they were the best tag team ever. Uh, a, I'd be lying, but B, it'd be annoying you. So just tread carefully. <laughs> Sorry, McFoley lovers, but it's just the way it is. Uh, Ruck's not connection, though, but between the just the different skits that they did, the whole This Is Your Life, probably for me, it may be one of the most entertaining skits that I've ever seen in WWE history. So, I mean, just the, the comedy between the two of them, the, the, the to and fro, they're much more entertaining outside of the ring than inside of the ring, but you couldn't go wrong e- either way. For me, um, for for Alan's list, the, uh, the, uh, the Road Warriors, he, he had Road Warriors on there. Yes, it's number one. That's why I, I, I'm, I, for some reason, I was thinking that uh, I was getting confused. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the uh, the Road Warriors, their their claim to fame was more before they got to the WWE. Uh, they were more AWA and and NWA, where they really like made their stamp on things. I really think that they could have done a lot more in in the WWE, but I think they kind of were kind of like uh, wanted to take the edge off them a little bit. Yeah, they, they gave him a, a new color scheme with the red and the black, kind of getting away from the silver and black, um, and they didn't really put them up against like uh, the super powerhouse teams right away with like demolition and and stuff. I don't know if it was just a a thing where they didn't want you know to make. Did they actually teams. ever fight demolition, or was that just was that like the you know like, I think that was something that everyone wanted to see, but like Flair and Hogan, the WWF never let us see it. I believe they eventually faced off against Demolition once Axe left, and it was uh, it was Smash and Crush. All right. So I, I think the, that was the lineup at that point. All right. So the the least least favorite ones then. Exactly. So I, I think they could have done more with them, but uh, they're absolutely one of the uh, one of the teams that's really high on my list. So. Okay, the next one's from Jeremy Seabolt, um, who hosts Back to the 80s podcast. Um, type that into, um, well, you can search for it even on um, Twitter or type it in the iTunes. Um, and, uh, it's a good podcast, him and uh, Glenn Jakeman. Um, just uh, shoot death something or another is another <laughs> part of their podcast. So um, his is demolition natural disasters bushwhackers strike force and the british bulldogs it's weird to see somebody american writing british bulldogs you know that's like me writing i don't know the sergeant slaughter and hacksaw jim duggan because <laughs> they're just so patriotic and everything but uh yeah this isn't a fake list by the way this is a real list that he's put bushwhackers in here so he must be a big bushwhacker fan um I don't know whether they went around licking bald people's heads or not. I don't know, but, uh, but you know what? They were the thing when you were a kid, man. You know, going around and licking each other's heads and I never. <laughs> I can honestly, heart, hand on heart, say I never went around licking people's face or head when I was a child <laughs> because of the bushwhackers. I can honestly say that. Whether Mister Lacey can say that hand on heart. <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> oh right, okay. So that's the way it's going to be. Okay. So yeah, any bald people uh, around America near where Mike lives, just uh, start wearing caps and grow beards, <laughs> and you'll be fine. <laughs> uh, next, we have uh, Martin Steins. Uh, now his number five is Paul London, Brian Kendrick. 
Amazing high-flying tag team. Loved them in 03. They were very underrated. Number four, Miz and John Morrison. Brought some life to the tag team division in 07. Number three, Stone Cold and Triple H. Great heel tag team. Would have liked to see what, where it would have went if Trips hadn't torn his quad. Number two, Road Warriors. What a rush. <laughs> Bravo. And number one, the Dudleys slash Hardys slash Edge and Christian. Had to put them all together to find the meaning of tag team and took it to a whole new level. Yeah, I kind so of agree with that. They're, they, they do all kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like if you're like, I'll tell you right now that my favorite match involves these three people as a lot of people would say that it would either involve one or two obviously it will involve either two or three of these tag teams but yeah if you are a fan of um, wrestling stuff um, check out Martin on um, YouTube Martin Talks uh, very cool guy uh, sent him a couple of DVDs that he was missing uh, did a video about it uh, just a very very nice guy uh, when I've asked whether he wants to be a part of Wrestle Shock in some capacity whether it be reviews and stuff so uh, that may happen that may not happen but uh, just stay tuned for that so yeah I mean um, I totally forgot about the Miz and John Morrison being a tag team to be honest with you um, but they were you know, like in 07, and as I've said to Mike, I've just started watching the 07 stuff, so that's something good to come up with. Um, and Stone Cold's Triple, Triple H, the two-man power trip, I, again, that's... I don't think he had a dud... Well, I don't think he had a dud one on that list, to be honest with you. No, they're all very strong. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on the strong to Tom Williams. <laughs> Um, so my list will be a little odd once again, but as I've said before, strange things amuse me. Are you ready, Mike? I'm ready. Number five, JR and Jerry Lawler. I think they count because they've had a couple of tag team matches. Number four is Legion of Doom, but before you go, ah, well done, Tom. Animal and Heidenreich made something of Heidenreich who I did enjoy. Number three is DX, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Number two is Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. Number one is New Age Outlaws. I wanted to be Road Dog when I was growing up. Um, He also writes, thanks for the prog last time around, and thank you, Mike, for the FFs. Uh, you've given me three weeks running on Twitter at the time of writing, so that means keep doing it. Keep up the good work, guys. I will try to put a list in together for each show. So I think it's Tom Williams 1980 Nin- on Twitter. Yes. Um, so if you want to follow Tom there and um, ask him why his list is so diverse and stuff. That's <laughs> so, uh, uh, Mike, your thoughts? Well, it's best list on there. Best uh, team on the list has to be Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. Hear the sound? Crickets, folks. Crickets. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, DX, when you think of Degeneration X, what do you think of? I think of Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I don't think of them as like DX, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, New Age Outlaws, X-Pac. I don't think of them like that. It's See, like I the do. NWO. The NWO, I think Hogan, Nash, Hall. I don't think of Hogan, Nash, Hall. And then Big everyone show, else on the roster? Then- DBRC, <laughs> Mr. Perfect, Vincent, Bischoff, etc., etc. No, I, I was ne- I never really watched the wrestling whenever DX was around. So um, I was I went to uh, a Raw in God would have been oh six, 
And yeah. DX had just reformed them as big rivalry between DX and Rated RKO. Um, so that you know that was a big thrill for me because that was you know one of the last times that they'd actually come over to England. Um, but yeah, that's just the way I think of them. So it is. Um, it's like well, he's put Animal and Heidenreich, but you know, like obviously I put Hawk and Animal. I'd never thought of the Legion of Doom as Animal Hawk draws. Right. You know. Now for for me, I I always I always thought of New Age Outlaws and X Pac in China, you know, all 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 together as part of DX. If if anything. Back in the late '90s, I didn't really consider Sean a part of DX anymore. Uh, I mean, he was he was kind of gone before DX got really, really huge. Mm-hmm. In, in my opinion, I mean, I know we had DX was going strong, you, you know, during the whole you know WrestleMania 15, yeah, and and, and and all that. But for me, DX really kind of blew up a little bit after that. In in, in my opinion, where you had the uh, the outlaws for me. The face of DX for me was always Road Dog. I mean, the the way that I always looked at it, they were the ones that came out and really you got the the, the crotch chops and, and and the suck it and everything like that more from the New Age Outlaws that I thought than ever really from Michaels and Triple H at that time anyway. Okay, okay. Uh, by the way, the next one, whenever he writes, "Hi mate," uh, this is an old childhood friend of mine who lives used used to live up the road, and I lives in Wales. So, just in case you're wondering why he writes, "Hi mate," that's <laughs> the reason why. So, over to you, Mike. Uh, that friend would be Stephen Wilson, and it does say, "Hi mate." Thought I'd Hi. join in the f- <laughs> thought I'd join in the phone with my top five all-time tag teams. So here goes: number five, the Acolytes (APA), four, Edge and Christian, three, the Steiner Brothers. Two, the Heart Foundation, and number one, the Road Warriors. I think we're going to see a, a trend with that one there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think either the Road Warriors or Edge and Christian Dudley's, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, good to see the Acolytes um, first on the list there. Very much like Alan's, the only person who has Money Inc. on um, his list. Um, but the Acolytes, I just. I was never really a fan of. I was never really a fan of Farouk in that tag team. And then whenever they broke up, I wasn't a fan of JBL once he became JBL. I just love his clothesline. His clothesline for me is just one of my favourite finishing moves ever. Just the fact that, you know, I think it was one in the Rumble wherever Billy Guns whipped in the rope and Bradshaw just kind of bounces off the rope and just smacks him one. <laughs> and I just, I just absolutely adore that move. Um, Steiner Brothers... Well, we all know what what uh, Scott Steiner's like now, etc. Um, and yeah, Heart Foundation again, very very strong list. You know, um, can't really argue with any of them. Um, and as I say, it's nice to see the acolytes on the list. Yeah, I love I love the acolytes. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the acolytes back during you know like when they first started and they were in the Ministry of Darkness and yeah, all, all that kind of stuff. But once that angle kind of died and and went away and they got left to their own. And they started doing the Acolytes Protection Agency and the, you know, the, you know, knocking on the door and, you know, the, you know, don't take this ass whooping personally. That was just comedy genius. And I, I agree with you where I prefer Bradshaw as Bradshaw versus the JBL. I was not a big fan of the JBL persona. but um, I did I did like of him at... Um 
I did like him, you know, on commentary, JPL. I think it was very, very witty there. Um, but I always loved the acolytes whenever people, or the API, whatever, they would go like, hey, use the door. <laughs> and it's just like a big gap where I didn't have to knock the door and come in. But yeah, just absolutely fantastic um, tag team. Okay, so we'll move on to the next one from Josh Crane, who on YouTube is called WWE Punk Fan 4. And he says, hi, first of all, I'm sorry. Last episode, I was the idiot. He said, Triple H versus Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. Sorry, I meant WrestleMania 27. So there's that correction you asked for. A near, a near we are top five, not 50, Chris, as you want the last time. Okay. Uh, well, I'm a WWE fan from 2009, just before WrestleMania 25. So, number five is Awesome Truth. Here we have our truth the new crazy conspiracy man who I liked. And he gets the main event of WrestleMania 27 with him. Uh, we were in for a hell of a tag team here. But WWE liked to ruin it by splitting them up. I mean, tag teams now are lasting as long as Kim Kardashian's marriage. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid, but we could have had an amazing tag team, which we did for when we had them. Number four is Show Miz. A time where Miz was getting, well, awesome. Uh, he gets with the experienced athletes of Big Show. For me, no matter how many tag teams they made then and how long they lasted, I love this tag team, though they lasted, though they lasted not that long, too. Number three was Legacy. This is Cody and Ted, not Randy, by the way. Two young athletes joined the chemistry join with wrestling in the blood. Great work together and, I think, great chemistry together. Number two is Edge and Christian. As I said, I've been a fan of WWE since 2009, just before WrestleMania 25, so I wasn't there for their time, but I've seen them together, and bam, a great tag team. Not a brilliant tag team, funny, good, entertaining, and both good wrestlers. One better than other, not... One better than other, not saying who, Edge. So he's kind of saying that it is better than <laughs> Christian, which is a fair comment. Uh, and number one is DX. Many might say... Um, this but they revolutionised the business a great superb tag team not much I can say but if you're not done with that then my list then I've got two words for you and he doesn't write what the two words are so it may be uh, not fun uh, you're <laughs> wrong I'm uh, just kidding um, yeah uh, as Josh says you know he's a fan of the wrestling since uh, 2009 so you can see there are a lot of the newer tag teams Um what do you think of that, um, Mike? You know, like, would it be any tag teams kind of from 2009? I mean, would you have Jerry Show instead of Showmiz, or it would be any that you could change, you would change there? Um, I, I really like Awesome Truth here. Uh, I, I know we're kind of in, in an area where we've, we've talked about before where they're just throwing a couple of singles competitors together to make kind of like an interim tag team. Yeah. Um, of of those, I I agree here with Josh with with Awesome Truth. I really enjoyed uh, I really enjoyed their little bit of a, a, a run together, um, especially where they kind of they um, when they got fired and they went to YouTube, and and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and all and all that kind of stuff. I think that uh, that that did really well. I kind of wish that they would have kept uh, Ron Killings or Truth uh, a heel as opposed to turning him back face, and now he's with Kofi and all that. But um. Know, Jimmy. Josh must really like the Miz because he's got the Miz on here twice with two different tag teams. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't have the Miz from you know uh, the Miz and Morrison. It could have been could have been number three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Could be. Well, that, that must mean that this list is awesome. 
Yeah, it is because there's no McFoley on it, so it's brilliant. <laughs> Best list thus far, Josh. Well done. Okay, over to you for the for somebody who um, I've done a lot of podcasting with. It's my reprieve from last episode. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Rob Bass's entrance into our list for this uh, episode. Is number five, Mr. Fuji and Professor Turu Tanaka. I would be doing this whole show a disservice if I didn't add Mr. Fuji and Professor Turu Tanaka. One man massive and strong, the other a mental, mental assassin, all current wrestlers claim to be. Even when, they have a f- even when they have to fight fat out of shape, washed up, quote unquote, white wrestlers, they, their facial expression and lack of respect for the rules made them instant heels and over for many years to come. And what would the world of managers be without Mr. Fuji? Avanzai! <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Beer Money Incorporated. James Storm and Robert Roode are the best tag team in wrestling today. They have all the elements of what makes superstars. One, both are fantastic men in the ring and have amazing mic skills, which we all know means everything. Two, they'll go to the limit with a fantastic heel turn and won't look back. On their, on their own, they can stand tall as solo performers, and right now it's showing. Three, WWE, if WWE actually cared about tag teams, they would get beer money back together and give them the title ASAP. I agree. Completely agree with that. Yeah, I think... I think like some wrestlers they're just made to be a tag team I think it's like whenever Jeff and Matt Hardy um, you know went singles you know one was better than the other but I think as a tag team you can't, you can't fault them at all absolutely number three Legion of Doom LOD Road Warriors when they started out in Georgia Championship Wrestling they were green and knew nothing about the business they were just massive men who worked as bouncers but one thing was clear LOD wouldn't be on this list if it wasn't for Paul Ellering as, as, the, his manager, as his manager skills with his manager skills LOD soon delivered that's absolutely true they, they needed a mouthpiece and Paul Ellering really did a good job with that because yeah. they, they were kind of just you know, you know big bruisers that you, you didn't mess with in the ring but uh, they didn't have a whole lot of good mic skills so they needed a manager and it was a perfect pairing I think a lot of a lot of um, tag teams on this list have had a third person, whether it be, say, Edge and Christian have had, like, Rhino and the Hardys have had Lita and, you know, like, LOD have had Elring or Sonny or Fuji or Jimmy Hart or Bobby Heenan, etc. You know, a lot of one have had managers, a lot of the successful ones have had somebody on the outside of the ring, you know, so I, I, that's a fair point. Well, and especially back in the day, you know, when you're talking about the Road Warriors and back in the uh, the 80s and whatnot, a lot of times they put guys into a tag team because they were afraid that they wouldn't succeed solo. Mm-hmm. Whether it was in, in, you know, whether they needed someone to bounce off of in the ring or whether they needed, um, if whether they need, like, like the Hart Foundation, um, you know, Brett kind of needed Nightheart as, yeah. kind of as a mouthpiece to, to do a lot of the talking because he was... He, you know, he was the tactician in the ring, but he was kind of a, a bit, uh, a bit self-conscious about his mic skills. So I, I, I agree, uh, I agree with that. Uh, number two uh, on Rob's list is Edge and Christian. Not only are you looking at two icons of wrestling, but they're two best friends and one nasty combination. Together, they held the titles alone and together. I want to say that they've held it together seven times, maybe more, and more times with other people. They've done it all in wrestling. Both have had great singles careers. And when they're in the ring against the Dudleys and the Hardy Boys, you not only saw great matches, but the true evolution of tag teams. They're one of the best 
ever. And like we said before, they kind of all go together synonymously. Yeah. You, you really can't have one without all the others. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally, totally agree. It's like, yeah, it's like, well, it's like with, with you know, it's like with the managers, you know, you can't have, you can't have the Hart Foundation without Jimmy Hart, or you can't have um, Yokozuna and Owen Hart without Mr. Fuji and that kind of thing. But yeah, I totally agree with with those ones there. As soon as you say as a Christian, the next words that fall out of your mouth will either be TLC or Hardy Boys and uh, Team 3D. Exactly. Speaking of Team 3D, they're at the number one spot of Rob's list. Dudley Boys, Team 3D. What LOD, the Midnight Express, Harlem Heat, and countless others have done, no one tag team has stood the test of time and come out better than any other than the Dudley Boys. I'm a diehard ECW fan, and it, that's, and it was my generation who grew out of the multicolored kayfabe of WWF and wanted something to still believe in. ECW brought that, and in the world, tag, and in the world of tag teams, there was no one greater in my mind than Devon and Ray. Yes, the Dudley Boys. So what the hell are the Dudley Boys? Simply put, a huge messed up family until Devon and Brother Ray came and the family wasn't complete. Be a fighting drop dead be a fighting drop dead crowded screaming matches in WWF or pissing off all the fans in the hall of the ECW arena, the Dudley Boys are in a class by themselves. When their music hit, you can't help but go nuts when they hit the ring, be it to take out MCMG and TNA or dropping someone through a burning table. The Dudleys, the Dudleys have surpassed every other tag team by holding every tag team title to ever matter. They've won over 20 tag titles from ECW, WCW, WWE, WWF, NWA, TNA, All Japan, and I hope I have them all listed. To this very day, they are still fantastic on their own and can still wrestle with the best of the best and still make an impact. See what Rob did there? The impact? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, he's got an honorable mention here. The honorable mention was uh, the Wild Samoans with Captain Lou Albano became the go-to heavies who could, who could cost many babyface a match and even their teeth. Classic heels. Well, Rob seemed to have a lot to say about Team 3D there, but again, like I said about the Hardys, you know, I, I think Jeff was always more popular than Matt was um, because of his being high-risk and stuff, whereas now you look and Bubba Ray is doing so well in TNA, although I haven't watched TNA, but um, I've heard that you know he's doing very well always in like the cusp of the main event and that kind of thing. Whereas Devon's yeah. kind of nowhere to be seen. Or whenever they split up and whenever there was the draft, the Devon became the Reverend Devon, which was a horrible angle. And then he had his the Deacon Batista, which was hilarious. <laughs> See how Batista started out, but um, no, I I totally agree with with Rob there about you know I've never really been an ECW diehard you know so I've, it's always been like WWE for me but um, th thanks Rob for sending that in what are your thoughts Mike? I completely 100% agree with Rob with uh, the Dudley Boys and, and especially with their ECW run um, the Dudley Boys has always been Devon and Bubba Ray um, I never really liked it that much when they brought in Spike or anything like that um, but they would just bring the pain. I mean, and they had a bit of, of a comedy act in the fact that they would always focus on Bubba Ray and stuttering, and he had the glasses. They both had the glasses with uh, with the tape in the middle, and then they just came out and they would just completely flatten you. you, you know? Yeah. 
you know, you, you, you kind of think of the, the glasses with the tape in the middle being, you know, uh, the geeks and the nerds that get pushed around. Well, nobody was pushing around Bubba Ray and Devon. Well, that's true. It mean, <laughs> wasn't happening. Some of them, seeing some of them on the rise and fall of ECW, you know, seeing them actually just heckle the crowd and, you know, like just actually being very, very derogatory to people in the crowd, you know. Uh, it's just, I mean, you, you just couldn't do that the, these days, you know. And you they can loved just it. About, they were yeah, so you, overdoing that. Yeah, but you could just about say a sentence straight without, you know, oh, no, that's, you know, that's not PC or that's not that or that's not that, you know. So there's so many things. Sorry, I have to mute my microphone because I'm going to go sneeze. Sorry, I thought I'd finished, but I had to do another one. <laughs> um, but there's so many, you know, like, political correctness gone mad almost now, you know. Um, but you can't get away with half the things now that they used to, so... I'm just glad that in ECW, you know, they were highly thought of. So, um, what do you think of the rest of his list apart from uh, number one? No, it, it, it's it's good. I agree with Beer Money. I agree that they, you know, they're really the last great tag team, and I, I hate the fact that they had to to break them up. And when they did that, what happened? They they both held the world title for TNA. Yeah, yeah. James Storm got the title, and then Robert Roode got the title, and now Robert Roode, I believe, is on the cusp of becoming the longest reigning TNA champion uh, of all time. I think yeah. it's like eight months. No, that what, what's that say for the TNA championship? That that an eight month reign is like the the longest of, that they've ever had. But okay. still, the fact that both of these gentlemen, as soon as they broke up the tag team, they both immediately held the world title. Yeah, although Roode would have had it sooner. But Hogan decided not to let Angle drop the belt to him, and he didn't, and then he dropped it, uh, like, the next night or the night after, something like that. Right. TNA being typical TNA, but (laughs) enough about that, because I could take another whole podcast. Before I read out the next one, I got an email from uh, Rory Bradfield, um... He says, Hi Chris, so nice to hear you read out my top five matches and thanks for giving them a nice bit of airtime. So much appreciated. I won't be partaking in the next topic because I was never big into tag teams. Uh, sad face. Sorry about that, but I'm sure I will for the following one, so take care, man. So I just want to read that out because Ray um, is a, um, a good man and a good friend, so I just wanted to give him and his email a bit of airtime. So whether he's listening to this or not, so be interesting to see so the next one is kj uh tremaine so again kj i hope i've said your name right um i think we have mike because if we didn't he would say in brackets it's pronounced and then break it up <laughs> so i'm hoping we have uh so kj's list number five hardy boys number four heart, heart foundation number three edge and christian number two dudley boys and number one the road warriors so again very much the same kind of um, list there, you know, Road Warriors number one. So again, very strong list there, KJ. So congrats on that. <laughs> Next up is Pablo Pablo Mascuero. Hi again. Hello. <laughs> so fun to make these lists to see what the other people's choices are, and just a pleasure to hear your opinions. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you very much, Pablo. That means a lot. Uh, his top five tag teams are number five, the Hardys, four DX. Three, the Dudley Boys. Two, Chris's favorite, the Rock and Sock Connection. I like in brackets, he has a couple of dots. <laughs> and number one, the Brothers of Destruction. 
Um, oh, so that's Kane at number yeah. one. <laughs> Kane beating Mick Foley. Well done, Pablo. <laughs> yeah. um, Pablo also included his favorite tag team match. His favorite tag team match was TLC2, Edge and Christian Hardys, and the Dudleys, uh, the latter match, WrestleMania X7. Uh, he says, it's an honor to be a part of the show. Actually, it's an honor to have you as a part of the show, uh, Pablo. And keep it up. So thank you. Yes. Yes, thank you very much. Pablo, uh, it's always nice whenever people write little things like that because we don't expect them, and it's always nice to read it. So, um, yeah, thanks for that. Um, that's the first time we've seen Brothers of Destruction uh, on the list. Um, take it that was around the invasion time whenever we had the Ginger Taker, <laughs> um, as I like to refer to him as. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Kane was a lot more badass then whenever he had his mask. Uh, I don't kind of dig the whole mask thing now. Um, but yeah, nice to see uh, Undertaker and Kane beating The Rock and uh, Sock. I, I will explain myself a little bit here. That Kane I did enjoy. It's the Kane now where he should still be kicking everybody's butt, and he basically just jobs. So it's the kind of every- that Kane and the bald Kane then. Yes, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, the old Kane, where you know he he wouldn't talk, and he still had the original mask and the hair, and they're playing off the whole uh, you know big red monster and the burnt face and, and and all that kind of stuff. That's when I really dug Kane. It wasn't kind of until after he teamed with X Pac and you know and and seeing Kane do a crotch chop, you know. Ugh. <laughs> oh god that's an image that'll haunt me he, he became a bit of a, a, a joke and then for years and years and years after that he just jobbed and jobbed and jobbed and jobbed and jobbed <laughs> and now they're trying to finally resurrect Kane and make him the monster that he used to be but it just it just it just doesn't work I mean like so in some respects it's kind of like the way the big show has gone then yeah it's almost the exact same it's almost the exact same thing because now show is you know back to being this unstoppable monster and he's you know uh e- even though now it's got the whole thing where you know uh he's upset that you know well while you know while i'm crying you know uh our truth is yeah. in the ring dancing and this that and the other thing he's using that as motivation i think that's kind of a, a bit of a a, a weak storyline but the fact that he's going out and he's just motoring through people that's how it should be i mean yeah. like you know Finally, we 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 saw Brodus Clay be uh, the, the first person to actually be able to uh, kind of affect him in any way was the Big Show. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, we had that just uh, this past week or past week or two on uh, on Raw. But Kane is the exact same way. I, I I hate the fact that they're inserting Kane into the CM Punk and Daniel Bryan feud. Yeah, I do, I do, I don't get that. I just don't. So it's kind of a case of. Daniel Bryan attacks Kane with a chair. He thinks it's CM Punk. So what CM Punk then does is go, oh, Daniel Bryan, look. And then Kane comes down and beats up him. And you're like, oh, what? The... No, I just, yeah, I, I totally get what you're coming from there. Um, I just, I think Kane would be better feuding. I would like to see them form another tag team with Kane and the Big Show and put some oomph back in the tag team division. Kane and Big Show would be better off on the unemployment line. <laughs> they can form a tag use of Mike Lacey, uh not Chris Vent. Um, they can form a tag team at the unemployment office. Okay, that's fine. Well, we should move on quite rapidly. Um, next one is Jason Stevens, who's Lemon Juice McGee. Uh, as you may have noticed, you know, like uh, had some beef with uh, 
Jason Stevens, but it was all in good humour because he writes, Hi Mike, what? And Chris, <laughs> hi, see. Uh, hello to you sir, didn't mean to slight you with my top five e- matches email, just wasn't rare, you read, guys read the whole damn thing on the show, smiley face, that's okay, I was only keeping you going, I know that you sent the list to Mike, so it was, it was all fine, all done in good humour, I'm over it now, I've had plenty of cries before I went to bed, so that's fine. So he writes, anyway, here's my list for top five tag teams. Admittedly, I've never been a huge fan of the tag team matches. Sadly, the WWE isn't giving me any current reasons to start being one. Well, yeah, that's pretty much true. (laughs) Most of my picks come from the Attitude Era, good choice, and think that a lot of this has to do with my time growing up as a wrestling fan, plus of all the insane stipulation matches that would occur like TLC. So number five is Harlem Heat. Just kidding. For real, Edge and Christian, from their time in the brood until they began singles career, Edge and Christian put on a ton of great matches along with very funny promos. Their matches with the Hardy Boys are still amazing to watch. Yeah, so the little kazoos and stuff. And then it goes number four, the Rock and Sock Connection. Hate on Foley all you want, Chris, (laughs) but there's no denying the chemistry between the Rock and Mankind when they were a team. That's fine, but I could only kind of bear that because the Rock was there. Um, but you know, as I've said, you know, there's somebody had Harlem Heat in their t- thing, their lists, you know. So everyone has, I'm sure it, there's a wrestler that Jason hates, like um, Mike doesn't like um, the uh, stupid version of Kane and the Big Show. Let's say it that way. And I just don't like Big Foley because he's stupid. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> number three is the Dudley Boys. I love classic ECW and this team was one of the few to make their way from that promotion and managed to find success in the WWE using the same gimmick. Granted, this was mostly due to putting people through tables and who doesn't like that? May Young, that's who. <laughs> Number two is the Hardy Boys. Despite the past personal problems of these two guys, the Hardy Boys always performed amazingly together. Not only that, but once separated in the singles competition, they sucked. Sure, there were people who wanted to see Jeff or Matt on their own, but those people obviously enjoy half-ass matches (laughs) that can never compare to anything that they ever accomplished together as the Hardy Boys. That's very true, because some of Matt's... I always find that they were very samey. You know, you know, there's Matt doing this. Oh, there's a side effect. Oh, there's Swiss fit. Oh, there's that. Um, whereas Jeff was just more crazy and, you know... Uh, number one was the Road Warriors. Sure, a hawk and animal have all kinds of accomplishments and in-ring chemistry. But really, we all know why they're awesome. Because of those badass spiky shoulder pads. That's true. Thanks for taking the time to read the list and I can't wait to listen to the show. Well, thank you very much, um, sir. I appreciate that there. And the fact that I, I love whenever people like write little paragraphs about why they've chosen it rather than just, here we go, here's who I've chosen. So, yes, just thank you very much for that, uh, Jason. And don't worry, all is good in the hood. We're cool now. Um, as I said, it was all done in humour. So if I've offended you in any way, which I'm sure I haven't, but just if I have, uh, I, I apologise for that. So, what did you think of Mr. Lemonjuice McGee's list there, Mike? No, I, I agree that with, with the Hardys, the way that uh, he said that once they were separated in a single competition, they weren't nearly as, not nearly as good. You look at when Edge and Christian separated, and the fact that, you know, Edge went on to a great solo career, and so did Christian. You know, Christian ended up going over to TNA and becoming their world champion, and really kind of was able to hold the torch there at the same time the Edge was holding the championship uh, over in WWE. They, they, they didn't fall victim 
to the way that, that the Hardys did. I know that Jeff went on to win the, uh, the, w, the WWE title uh, and the World Heavyweight title and, and whatnot, but um, I'm a fan of Jeff Hardy's athleticism. I don't know if I'm necessarily a fan of most of his, his work other than the, the high flying, because if you look at just the way that he performs in the ring, you know, if he delivers a punch or, you know, it, it always looks really kind of weak and, and whatnot. Um, it's really just the high flying that he can do that makes, you know, that really makes your jaw drop. And that's where he earns his salt. But the two of them as singles competitors couldn't hold a, a, a candle to what Edge and Christian did when they went their separate ways into solo careers. True. True. So next we have Haley. And Haley says, hi, boys, and a big hello to Mike. Well, hello. <laughs> uh, who I didn't say hello to in the last email. See the way we put the two worst offenders together there, Mike, just by pure chance? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she gives us her list uh, where she starts with number five uh, was Legacy. Number four, Strike Force. Number three, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage, The Mega Powers. Number two, Demolition. And number one, The Heart Foundation. She also has a couple of honorable mentions to uh, Edge and Christian. Uh, quick strike of five-second po- five pose. Five-minute pose? That's no a, way. <laughs> that's a long pose. Five-second pose. Which was personally my, my, favorite, my favorite gimmick in Edge and Christian. Um, yeah. Then the Hardy Boys, DX, the Rockers. The recently demolished Air Boom, Silly Evan Bourne, <laughs> The Four Horsemen and Yokozuna and Owen Hart with a, with a happy face. Yeah. Um, that's some good picks there. Uh, that's the first time we've seen uh, the Mega Powers on the list. Uh, very unusual for Haley to pick Strike Force because... It's a little before her very, time. Yeah, I was going to say very much like uh, Josh. Um, you know, Haley has only been watching wrestling very recently, so... But then again, she threw a curveball with her number one pick on the um, top five matches. So, no, it's a good pick there. Again, uh, it's weird to see the Strike Force was in there in Demolition and Heart Foundation rather than Edge and Christian. I thought, you, you know, Edge and Christian Hardy Boys would have been in the list rather than being special mentions, you know. But, right. Um, no, thanks for sending that in, Haley. An, an upcoming WrestleShock reviews as well. Haley sent in a um, file to do with her review of the Trish Stratus um, DVD, um, which is a good one. Um, so thanks for that, Haley. That'll be airing soon. So next up is Pop Culture Network's own and our What the Shell cohort, uh, Luke Nicholas Swain Halleck. Who's that guy? Um, I don't, uh, he does Turtles reviews and stuff. Uh, partly oh, turtles? Who he, likes Turtles. I've no idea. I've no, and certainly not Mario. Anyway, um, but he has a YouTube channel which you can go on to um, House of Halleck, and you can follow him on Twitter, Swain S U I N E underscore Halleck. You can also follow Haley on Twitter, which is Haley the Tiny, and she has a a YouTube channel called X Swanton Girly X. See, that means that surely the Hardys would have been in the, if her YouTube name is Swanton. <laughs> So anyway, uh, Luke writes, Hey guys, I haven't watched a wrestling show in nearly a year, but WrestleShock is still always a blast to listen to. Well, thank you very much, sir. Thought I'd throw in my five bits with the top five tag teams. Mine are, number five, Money Inc., DiBiase and IRS. Number four, the first time this appeared on anyone's list, Hollywood Blondes, Austin and Pillman. Number three, Road Warriors slash Legion of Doom 
hawk and animal. Number two, beautiful Bobby Eaton and nearly anybody from his Midnight Express partners in Dennis Condry or Stan Lane, all the way to his run with Arn Anderson. Even hit. Even his as a blue bud with Stephen Regal and David Taylor was fun, although less successful. And number one is Demolition featuring Axe, Bill Eady and Smash, Barry Darso. Um, so, thanks very much for that, Swain. Um, very str- strange to see, you know, the Midnight Express and certainly Hollywood Blondes, um, which um, seems to be a very underrated tag team by the people sending lists. What are your thoughts there, Mike? Oh yeah! Anytime you can fit Stone Cold on there is—I can't believe that that uh, that that Eric Bischoff didn't see anything in him during during their run as as tag teams with the Hollywood Blondes. What you know? You talk about dropping the ball. <laughs> that may be like the number one fumble ever. Do you think that if WCW had done something in Austin? Do you think we would have had WCW prevail and WWE go under? No, just because of the businessman that Vince is. I don't think that Vince would have allowed that to happen. But I also don't believe that Bischoff would have ever, even if they saw, in, in, you know, even if they saw promise in Austin, I don't think that they would have let Austin develop his own persona and, and, and gimmick the way that he did... Um, he he had a bit of that edge when he was with uh, Brian Pillman in the Hollywood Blondes, but it wasn't until he went to ECW and he was injured and, and, and never really wrestled a match. But the fact that Paul E. just said, you know what, here, get in front of the camera and just blow the doors off. Say whatever you got to say and, and, and whatever it is. And that really is what got him into the WWE Although when he did go into the WWE, they ended up giving him a mouthpiece with Ted DiBiase, which I don't quite understand. But uh, <laughs> if there's anyone that doesn't need a mouthpiece, it would be Stone Cold Steve Austin. But um, they did eventually let him take the ball and run with it and develop that that Stone Cold character. Because when I mean, even if if you watch the um, the Stone Cold uh, documentary. He, he hated the ringmaster gimmick. You yeah. know, he even said you know that you know this you know what is this this sucks and came up with his own thing and you know Vince is the businessman that said you know what go ahead and, and, and try it out and, and, and see if it works and he caught lightning in a bottle and it just and the, the rest is history so I don't believe that, that Bischoff in, WCW, in WCW would have allowed him to do what he did in the WWE so I don't think that even if they had kept him around, that they would have capitalized on what they had because at, at the time, WCW was all about older talent. They're kind of like what TNA is now, where you know they had Hogan and they had Flair and they had Nash and Hall and they you know Sting and it was all the old, it was all the older guys that had been around for you know a, a long time. And WWE was the ones that were really kind of pushing the new talent, which yeah. is kind of where you have like TNA now. It's still they still have Hogan, they still have Flair, they still have Sting. You know, it's kind of like I don't understand Sting and TNA. I used to like him, and then he went with his Joker stupid gimmick, and I just I don't get it. And then he dropped it, and then he picked it back up again. Yeah. So I I I, I don't I don't understand that. I think that's where TNA goes wrong. If TNA 
would shed that salary and they would put, uh, you know, if, if they could shed all of that dead weight that they have and put that extra money into production value and get out of the, uh, the impact zone and kind of take TNA on tour and really push, you know, AJ Styles and Smojo and Rude and Storm and a lot of these young guys that they have, I think that they would really be able to, they, they might not necessarily take over WWE, but I think that they could compete in, in a much more legitimate way. Um, that Ultimate X that they have is a match that WWE, I mean, you, you talk about TNA copying WWE, that is something that the WWE really should try and take and, and, and insert in some kind of form into one of their pay-per-views, because that match is, is an awesome match. Yeah. So I, it's just a wicked case of TNA have the King of the Mountain thing, which is kind of reverse of a you know like a ladder match, which I, I just oh yeah, if you get pinned and you go in this box for five minutes and then you get the belt and hang it up and then you win, like what? Yeah, some of the, some of the stuff they do, it, you kind of shake your head at, but some of the stuff they have is a really lot good. of the stuff they do, I really <laughs> shake my head at. Like like I said, if if they would really focus on their young talent. Um, mm -hmm. I think that they could really have something there. I think it's the problem is that you have the guys Bischoff and Hogan and Flair and Sting, and they're kind of the you know. It seems like they just don't realize that their time is over, and yeah. you know they don't want to pass the torch. You know, we, we talk about Hogan passing the torch to The Rock ten years ago, and he's he's still trying to hold on to that thing. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> There's one thing that TNA need to do to make themselves compete with WWE. Bring back Shark Boy and Curry Man. <laughs> there you go. That's the that's that's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. So, okay. The next list is yours, sir. Ah, uh, yes. Next we have uh, Mike Tracy came back for a uh, second appearance on WrestleShock. So thanks, Mike. And he delivers a uh, he delivers a list with number five is the Hardys, number four the Hart Foundation. Three, Edge and Christian. Two, Arn and Tully Blanchard, Brain Busters. And number one, the Road Warriors. That's a, you know, that, that's a, a pretty much a, 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 a book that we've already opened with all those teams already being listed. It just goes to show that we need tag team wrestling back because <laughs> there's been so many great tag teams that there's no reason why they're there that they couldn't that they can't do something nowadays with what I, what i would love them to do is obviously they have superstars and they have nxt and stuff why don't they make like one of those shows like superstars a tag team show where you only have tag teams you know like say whether obviously Dolph ziggler and swagger have kind of gone their separate ways now which is better for ziggler because the match he had with sheamus on smackdown was one of the best matches i've seen this year I um, thought it was truly fantastic. I know you're not a SmackDown fan, Mike, but if you can watch it, seriously do, because it was a very, very good showing. Um, but I, I would just love to see, you know, like if on Superstars it's just tag team matches, you know, like whether it's Kofi and um, Kofi and R-Truth against the Usos, or whether you have, you know, the um, Darren Young and What's-His-Face. Oh. God, oh, what's he called? I can't remember who he's tagging with right now. 
Oh, well, here he is, Darren Young and the, the <laughs> Playhouse players or primetime players that are calling themselves, you know, where you have them and where you have people who are doing nothing. You know, it's, it seems to be Santino and Swagger. Seemed to, or Santino and <laughs> Ryder. I'm doing a Lillian Garcia and getting his name wrong. <laughs> um, um, they seem to be tagging a lot. So that's something they should do, you know, like and start putting tag team back together because we're just getting you know like oh here's this person and this person and their name is nothing it's not until you get the theme music and a name together that you kind of can call yourself a tag team if it's this person and this person you know because it well apart from Edge and Christian you know like the Hardy Boys were obviously that Team 3D were the Dudley Boys whatever way you want to cook that but you know I'm trying to think of the last tag team that really made... Can you honestly think of the last tag team we've had in WWE that have made an impact? No. I, I mean, even, you know, you, you look at the, 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 the tag team champions that we've had over the last year. I mean, it's really no air boom. I mean, a, another mismatch of a team. Epico and Primo, I think, could do well. I think mm-hmm. that they're a team that is, you know, a t- that is an identifiable team, not necessarily two already existing stars, you know, put together. I think that if you could push, you know, Primo and Epico and the Usos, you know, and and maybe have, see, I really liked Swagger and um and and Ziggler together, you know, Zig Swag, or you know whatever you want to call them, I because I th- they're. It seemed like they were pushing Ziggler when they were giving him opportunities against CM Punk, um, and and now they seem to be going back that way. And um, I actually did see the uh, the match that he had against Sheamus, um, so he could get a, a number one contender shot. So I, I think that if they're not if they're not going to push Swagger, I mean if they're not going to push Ziggler, then put them with a tag team with him and Swagger, and really make them you know a unified tag team. And I think that they really could do that. They could do well. And we we talked earlier. You know, you had uh, you know awesome truth, and you know it just constantly seems to be. Um, we don't really have a spot for these guys, so we'll just throw them together and call them a tag team. Yeah, I think what we should do in our next homework as well is have people pair two wrestlers together and give them a name. You've to create your own tag team. Okay, this is a, this is a competition for you people. Um, we'll unveil at the end what um, uh, what your next homework is. But to win a copy of the best of Raw and SmackDown 2011 on Blu-ray, you have to come up with your own idea for a tag team. So you can pick anyone in the WWE current roster, and you can include Chris Jericho because he's kind of still there. <laughs> uh, because he's turned with Fozzie. So you need to pair them together and you need to come up with a name for them. And Mike and I will go through it and the one that we kind of uh, like the most will win a copy of the Best of Raw and SmackDown on Blu-ray. How does that sound, sir? That sounds awesome. Okay, so there's the competition there for you folks. I said it'd be given away and there you go. So, um, yeah, we seem to be having a huge debate about tag team things. Um, but uh, it's a lost art and... Uh, to be honest with you, after watching, was it New Year's Revolution or it was? I think it was. It was a, it was a DVD that I popped on, 
when was the last time we saw a tag team turmoil match? You know, like fair enough, they had the like they had the world's greatest tag team. They had Hacksaw and Super Crazy. <laughs> um, they had uh, one of the most underrated tag teams, and one that doesn't appear in this t- uh, this list, which is Kate and Murdoch, which are were quite a. Um, they won the tag belts a couple of uh, times, and there was somebody else, and I can't think who it was. Was it New Year's Revolution? Hold on, sorry, I need to check this. No, it wasn't brilliant. <laughs> I can't actually remember what it was on, but anyway, um, you know, um, but you had quite a few tag teams there that had um, that had kind of made their names, you know, in the tag team division. So there you go, folks. So that's your um, competition for you. So, uh, oh, it's me to do the next one, isn't it? Sorry, I'm gabbing on here. <laughs> so our last list before we go on to. Uh, Mr. Lacey's and myself is from superfan Ben, Ben Harder and Ben doesn't give us that much to read so he must have had an off day I joke Ben <laughs> number 5 is the Hollywood Blondes any team that was brave enough to call Ric Flair old as face deserves to be on this list and that was 21 years ago well true number 4 the Hardy Boys the best tag team wrestlers of the Attitude Era if they could have learned how to talk they might have been the best tag team ever Number three, the Dudley Boys, the best hardcore team team ever. And number two, the Road Warriors Legion of Doom, first and only team to be AWA, WCW and WWE champs. And number one is Demolition, Axe and Smash era with Outcrushed. They may have been a Legion of Doom gimmick ripoff, but they were much more entertaining on the mic to me. LOD had their greatest run in the AWA and NWA, but I consider that the minor leagues. Ooh. Demolition was the first tag team in WWE to three-peat as champions. Uh, their total days as champions, I believe, is an all-time record. Um, it is a shame we never got the uh, great Demolition LOD match in WWE. Every match was with Smash and Crush, which was a terrible and a countdown or DQ, so that backs up what you said there. Uh, Mike Sweet must have read his list before I did. Um, I believe Axe quit or was fired by then. Um, they also had the best entrance music ever. And the best tag team match ever was Demolition versus Heart Foundation at SummerSlam 1990. Best 2 out of 3 falls. An honourable mention Demolition and King Duggan versus Twin Towers Big Boss Man and Akeem and Andre the Giant from SummerSlam 89. This must get recognition for the ring not sinking into the earth. <laughs> it's just a fair comment but I think that one that Paul York sent in the Survivor Series one that had you know um, four tag teams on each side I think that was more of a um, surprise that the ring didn't actually collapse Um, but no Ben uh, thanks for sending your list Uh, what do you think of that list Mike? I I always loved Demolition I think um, I'm a mark for guys that wear makeup Um, in the wrestling ring that's a lot about you Mr. (laughs) (laughs) yeah save yourself there but uh, yeah, Road Warriors and Demolition, um, Sting, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, I, I was I was a big fan of you know as a kid of those guys that were kind of over the top and wore the makeup. So I always dug Demolition. Um, I, I you know I don't know if I ever really back then thought that they were ripping off uh, the Road Warriors because I would watch both uh, NWA and WWE. Um, I kind of. I kind of thought they were were, were were separate, and I always wanted to see them have that classic match that we never really seemed to have gotten. So I, I agree with, with Ben, with Demolition being towards the top of uh, of any list. Okay. 
So we're going to do this the way we normally do. We'll say number five, and Michael say his, and then I'll say mine, and then we'll go over each other's list. So, what's your number five there, Mike? For me, number five is Edge and Christian. Number five is uh, DX, Triple H, and HBK. And for number four, for me, is the Dudley Boys. Number four for me is Legion of Doom. Uh, number three, Road Warriors. Number three, Rated RKO. Number two, The Heart Foundation. Number two, Edge and Christian. And for me, number one is Oh, you didn't know? You asked better call somebody. <laughs> so, Rock and Sock Connection uh, there, obviously. And number one for me is the Mega Powers. Uh, yeah, I. That's, we're very different there you know like um, well obviously I didn't have the Rocket Sock connection in my <laughs> list uh, for obvious reasons no detriment to the rock I think the rock is fantastic um, but yeah um, I was always a huge fan of Rated RKO um, as I said again um, watching the 2007 one it's weird to see how much the wrestlers used to bleed oh yeah because there's a thing they do with Flair and Edge is doing the cutting edge and they bring Flair out but Flair is all bloodied from them beating him up backstage and it's just you know the concertos and things like that but um, I've always been a fan of Orton's not so much now isn't that right Mr. Sixty Day <laughs> um, but um, I thought they were a great tag team I saw them win the belts whenever I was over in Manchester um. So yeah, they, they were they were kind of like my wild card at the Mega Powers. Obviously, huge Hulkamaniac. Um, I could have had him and Christian or Edge, sorry, together. Um, I thought that was a great tag team, but that would be an honourable mention for me. Um, what about you, sir? No, I, 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 I definitely, um, I completely agree with. See, I didn't put. Um, I was one of those where I, I didn't put any of the because I'm kind of against it the throwing two guys together and making a team so don't get me wrong I, I totally loved the whole Mega Powers thing with uh, Hogan and Savage um, and I, I like Rated RKO and, and those, those, other, those other teams but I didn't I wanted to have a pure list of pure tag teams that's, that's, that's the only reason why, why those, those, those uh, teams weren't on my list fair enough okay Okay, so um, thanks to everyone yet again for sending in their list. I know that a lot of people get emails from me, but um, the way I look at it is that if people have sent in lists, they enjoy doing it, so I just send an email out. Not everyone replies to them, which is fair enough, um, but um, I shall let Mr. Mike Lacey divulge of what your next homework is to be. Well, if you liked this episode, and from the amount of response that we got, um, a lot of people thought that it was a lot of fun, so we're going to do it again with the Intercontinental Championship. Now, WWE did the, exact same, did the exact same thing they did for the tag teams. They gave us a list of top 50 uh, Intercontinental Champions of all time, uh, and basically to salute uh, what the Intercontinental Championship used to be, not so much anymore, um, we'd like to hear your uh, top five Intercontinental Champions of all time. Um, it always used to be that the Intercontinental Championship belt was kind of that stepping stone, that next step towards the main event push, the main event, uh, the world title picture. So we'd like to see who you guys thought carried the belt the best, um, what, uh, you know, what you thought was your top five Intercontinental Champions, uh, champions of all time. 
Good stuff. Good stuff. And don't forget that if you want to win a copy of that, best of SmackDown, best of Raw versus SmackDown 2011 on Blu-ray, just let us know what tag team you would create from the current roster and what name you would get them and the best one. Uh, send that in with your Intercontinental Champions of all time and uh, we'll read that out. It'll kind of be a double whammy. Um, but yeah, if you are struggling or you want to find out about, you know, if you've maybe got four Intercontinental Champions and you can't think of a fifth, you can head over to com and they'll have the Intercontinental Champions thing there. Or if you are a DVD collector, you can get the history of the Intercontinental Championship, um, I think from silvervision.co.uk. It's about six ninety nine. Um, from different places like Amazon.com and stuff will be um, different. But obviously you'll see there a lot of um, of the older style wrestling and what, as Mike said, what the Intercontinental Championship used to be, uh, used to mean to people. You know, um, it seems to be now that a lot of the belts that aren't the WWE or World Championship, uh, World Heavyweight Championship matches, are belts aren't really uh, utilised correctly um, and they aren't given the um, prestige that they should do. I think they should really actually get rid of the US Championship and bring back the Hardcore Championship because the US Championship just means nothing. Plus, Santino has it. (laughs) Stop changing your belt because the tag team belts look terrible. But then again, we never really see them, so it doesn't really matter. So, as always, uh, a big thank you to Mr. Lacey for making this uh, podcast so much fun to record and for plugging this on Twitter for to get um, some more people sending their... um, greatest tag teams of all time it's always a joy to sit down and talk to you Mike so thank you very much and if you have anything you would like to promote please go ahead and do so and make sure you pimp yourself on Twitter too <laughs> um, well it, it, it's a pleasure being on the show it's, it's a lot of fun and not only having yourself on it, it's a lot of fun the fact that people seem to enjoy it and people really are participating a lot which is really awesome you know like you said earlier, seeing um, a lot of the guys put you know put their list down and then also give us a little bit of a story as to why they made that selection, it, it really helps us get to know you guys better, and that that's really a, a part of doing this that I that I enjoy. So I want to thank all of you for being just big, just as big a part of the show as as myself and Chris. Um, but that being said, if you're if you're into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, we also have a, uh, another show called What the Shell. Uh, features Chris Vint, myself, Dylan Cook, and Sween Halleck. Um, and that is, uh, that's What the Shell that can be found on popculturenetwork.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, which is www.facebook forward slash TMNT Classics. Uh, we're also on Twitter, at TMNT Shell. And myself, I'm on Twitter as well, at M Lacey L A C E Y ninety one, so come give me a shout. Good stuff. Uh, thanks as always, Mike. So yeah, um, a big thing um, to say is that obviously you know a lot of people are saying and that you love the show and stuff. A big big thing for us would be iTunes reviews. Um, a, a lot of people may listen to Pop Culture Network, or a lot of people may listen via iTunes um, via the Operation Retroshock uh, subscription. So please leave an iTunes review there. Um, we'd really really appreciate that. I know um, Martin has. So big thank you to Martin. Um, we will be doing if we will be doing a. 
Well, let's just say at the minute we've got six reviews on the UK one and about two or three on the US one. Once we reach either, say, 15 or 20, um, all the names will be put into a hat and the best review will then win a wrestling prize. In fact, the best one will win the History of WrestleMania. It's a little book um, that tells you all the match results from all the different wrestling events. So that'll be up for grabs. So please leave a... Um, leave an iTunes review if you want to certainly take a picture of it and then either email it to us with your Intercontinental champ uh, Champion list or send it to us on Twitter so we can know you've done that and then, as I say once we've got another uh, another eight of them then we'll or another nine even if I could add <laughs> um, we'll do a drawing then for that there um, I'm also, like Haley and Martin, I'm also on um, YouTube. Um, you can subscribe to my channel, Vindomania. I'm a big Hulk Hogan fan, just in case you weren't sure of that. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, at Vinto316. And WrestleShock is also on Twitter, which is at WrestleShock316. You can see, kind of see where I'm going there with the Mania and the 316s. So that's... That's kind of that, but again, thank you to everyone for sending their top tag team match, uh, top top tag teams of all time. Uh, as Mike said, you know, like we really appreciate you taking the time to do that there. So from Mike and myself, thanks very much for listening, and until the next event. The former Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels, what a run he had as champion. However, it did come to an abrupt halt. Due to Shawn Michaels' failure to appear for a number of Intercontinental Championship defenses and his refusal to fulfill his contractual obligations, the World Wrestling Federation has no alternative but to suspend Mr. Michaels and thus vacate the Intercontinental Championship. As a result of these actions, next week, a 20-man over-the-top rope battle royal will be held in which the final two competitors will meet the following Monday to determine the new Intercontinental Champion. What a battle royal it was. It got down to the Quebecers. You see one go over. Razor Ramon and the model Rick Martel. Remember, the last two survivors turned out to be Razor and the model. Well, the following Monday night, the action was hot and heavy. The match for the Intercontinental Championship. You see Razor Ramon lifting the model Rick Martel up and setting him up with that Razor's Edge. Down, he comes crashing. And what a night it was in the life of Razor Ramon, the brand new Intercontinental Champion. Well, hello Razor, but welcome back, Shawn Michaels. That's right. He returns to the World Wrestling Federation. And look what he's carrying under his arm, the Intercontinental Belt. A belt, mind you, that doesn't even belong anywhere in his possession. You, like everybody else, I'm sure, are grateful that the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Champion is back in town. Any Joe... <laughs> or Jose walking the street could walk out and get himself a gold belt and call himself the Intercontinental Champion. 
Well, I'm going to say this nice and slow so everyone can understand, especially you, Chico. There is only one undisputed World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Champion, and it is the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. So say hello to the real Intercontinental Champion. Razor Ramon wanted to pop the bubble of Shawn Michaels. Let's jump ahead to Monday Night Raw. You see Shawn Michaels in the match with the 1-2-3 Kid. And Razor Ramon shows up to the defense of the 1-2-3 Kid. And then Shawn Michaels gives him a slap. This was absolutely unbelievable. You see Razor Ramon give chase. Now we found out later this was totally a setup, a conspiracy. Watch this. Bam! That right hand of Diesel. And you'll see the Razor's Edge down on that concrete. Let's skip ahead of the Royal Rumble, a match between Razor Ramon and the challenger IRS. Keep in mind, this is for the Intercontinental Championship, and Razor Ramon looked absolutely fantastic. That is, until trouble showed up in the form of this guy, Shawn Michaels. Obviously, the Razor wins the match. However, something still had to be settled between Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. That means we'll see it. The latter match is set for the Intercontinental Championship. The champion, Razor Ramon, taking on the challenger and self-proclaimed Intercontinental Champion, Shawn Michaels. Keep in mind, again, this will be a ladder match, and Shawn Michaels feels he's going to have absolutely no problem with Razor Ramon, especially since he has the big man in his corner. I'm talking about Diesel. climb the ladder of the World Wrestling Federation to sit on top as the man, the top dog, the big man on campus. And Shawn Michaels is going to continue to sit on top of the World Wrestling Federation. Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 10. When everything is said and done, the Heartbreak Kid will be standing tall. Everybody listen to me. For too long, been two champions, two belts. This Sunday, WrestleMania 10, the ladder match. The bad guy takes all the gold. Well, one thing is definitely for certain. After WrestleMania 10, there will only be one intercontinental champion in the World Wrestling Federation.